Last session, we looked at all of heaven, the entirety of heaven, being engaged in the process of our salvation. How seriously does God take his relationship with you and with me? I want us to go back to a phrase we examined in our last session. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. I want to draw your attention to the third phrase we focused on last session. To obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. Why did Peter use the term sprinkled with his blood? The concept of being sprinkled with blood is an Old Testament covenant concept that focuses on the sealing of a relationship. And in this session, I want to take some time to, to go back into the Old Testament and understand what Peter was trying to say and how seriously God takes his covenant relationship with us. In Exodus chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24. In the first verse, Then he, he being God, said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and you shall worship at a distance. Moses alone, however, shall, not come, shall come near to the Lord, but they shall not come near, nor shall the people come up with him. Then Moses came and recounted to the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has spoken, we will do. Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. Then he arose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain with twelve pillars for the twelve tribes of Israel. He sent young men of the sons of Israel, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as peace offerings to the Lord. And here's what's significant for our study in Peter. Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and the other half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. That word should sound familiar to you. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do, and we will be obedient. We saw that word in First Peter. So Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. So the sprinkling of the blood was a sealing of the covenant relationship. It was sprinkled on the people to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. A covenant cuts two ways. There is a responsibility for each party. God was going to protect his covenant people. He was going to watch over them. He was going to give them a land of promise. The responsibility of the people to 
obey. In Numbers chapter 19. Numbers chapter 19. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, This is the statute of the law which the Lord has commanded saying, Speak to the sons of Israel that they bring you an unblemished red heifer in which is no defect and on which a yoke has never been placed. You shall give it to Eleazar the priest and it shall be brought outside the camp and be slaughtered in his presence. Next, Eleazar the priest shall take some of its blood with his finger and sprinkle some of its blood toward the front of the tent of meeting seven times. The number seven in the Bible is the number of completion, totality. It was a sign that this covenant is binding in totality, not in part, but in whole. We find the Old Testament concept of covenant relationships and the sprinkling of blood sealing that covenant relationship in the New Testament book of Hebrews, an incredible book that focuses on the Levitical law and the meaning of those laws as they relate to what Jesus has accomplished for us. But in Hebrews chapter 11, or Hebrews chapter 9, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through, here it is, the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood. He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? We continue in Hebrews 9 and chapter 9 verse 19. For when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and the goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. What sealed that covenant? That new covenant from made by Jesus. And to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. So the sprinkling of blood was a sign, a seal of a covenant relationship between two parties. So let, let's continue this very awkward, very strange blood talk and what it represents. In Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, Abram is promised a son. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. 
Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And God goes on to tell Abram, I'm going to give you a son in verse 6 of chapter 15. Then he believed in the Lord and he reckoned it to him as of righteousness. Then we drop down to verse 13. God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and afterward they will come out with many possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. And then in the fourth generation, they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete. It came about when the sun had set that it was very dark and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenite and the Kenizzite and the Kadmonite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Rephaim and the Amorite and the Canaanite and as my wife would say and the termites and the Jebusites so the covenant was made between God and Abram God took this animal he cut it into pieces laid it on the ground and then as Abram slept this smoking oven, a symbol of the Spirit of God, passed among the pieces of this animal on the ground. And it was God's symbol of saying to Abram, may what happened to this animal happen to me if I violate my covenant with you. Does God take his covenant relationship with us seriously? We continue in Numbers chapter 19. Numbers chapter 19. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, this is the statute of the law, which is, and that's what we read earlier, but we go down to verse 11. The one who touches the corpse of any person shall be unclean for seven days. That one shall purify himself from uncleanness with the water on the third day and on the seventh day, and then he will be clean. But if he does not purify himself on the third day, on the seventh day, he will not be clean. God is outlining in this particular situation all the responsibilities the people have to remain pure as a result of this specific covenant. Then we go to Jeremiah, the weeping prophet Jeremiah. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Jeremiah, chapter 34. And verse 18. This is God speaking. In fact, we'll pick it up in verse 17. Therefore, thus says the Lord, you have not obeyed me in proclaiming release 
each man to his brother and each man to his neighbor. Behold, I am proclaiming a release to you, declares the Lord, to the sword, to the pestilence, and to the famine, and I will make you a terror to all the kingdom of the earth. I will give the men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not fulfilled the words of the covenant, which they made before me when they cut the calf in two and passed between its parts, the officials of Judah and the officials of Jerusalem, the court officers and the priests and all the people of the land who passed between the parts of the calf, I will give them into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life. And their dead bodies will be food for the birds of the sky and the beast of the earth. Ouch. You see, a covenant cuts both ways. God saves, God protects, but it is the responsibility on our part to obey. And this is the issue that was being addressed in Jeremiah chapter 34. God had kept his part of the covenant agreement, but the people had not. God saves us through the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Our responsibility in this covenant is to obey. We are to do what God tells us to do. We are to go where God tells us to go. We do not obey simply. We simply obey. That is how seriously God takes his covenant relationship with God, with us. And because God takes our covenant, our relationship so seriously, he could say to these hurting saints in 1 Peter, grace and peace be yours in fullest measure. And that is where we will pick up next session. Thank you for joining us on this journey through 1 Peter. It is our great desire to encourage you in your faith by taking you deeper in God's Word. I hope you have found these sessions to be both inspiring and challenging. We do not want to stay where we are. We want to continue to grow. As we said in one of our sessions, one day Jesus will call my name. As days go by, I hope I don't stay the same. I want to get so close to him that it's no big change on that day when Jesus calls my name. We want to help you get closer by growing you in your faith. We so very much appreciate you following us, whether you are following us on YouTube at Word Power Media Ministry, on Instagram at Word Power Media Ministry, or, or whatever podcast provider you happen to use. Again, Word Power Media Ministry. If you have found these sessions to be encouraging, please tell someone about us. It is a word-of-mouth ministry, and we need your help. We would also love to hear how we have encouraged you. You can reach us at wordpowermm at gmx.com. We would love to hear your encouragement. As I have said before, finding out how we encourage you encourages us. So thanks for joining us.